Hey everyone, it's John. Welcome or welcome back to the Rock Christian Families podcast channel. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as go to the rockchristianfamily.com where you can also find all of our previous message series. It's a super easy way to share content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope that the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Our thoughts are so powerful. Our thoughts are so powerful. In fact, they are so powerful that I would say they lead us in our life whether we like it or not. It's not the circumstances that happen to us that create our feelings. It's actually our thoughts. It's our thoughts. And we're in a series called Mind Traps right now because we recognize that there are some thoughts that just aren't healthy. We've got mindsets, right? Your pattern of how we think. But sometimes those mindsets can become a mind trap, and they're just not healthy things. And so how do we know if our mindsets have become a mind trap? Well, last week we looked at the victim mind trap, that sometimes we can have this mentality of being the victim, where it's, why is this happening to me? Why are these circumstances happening to me? It's so much easier for someone else. And we become a victim. In fact, it becomes our, it becomes our uh, identity. We go from being someone who has our identity in Christ to having our identity in our crisis. How do you know if you're in a mind trap of victim? Do you, can you have a conversation with someone without sharing something that's negatively happening to you right now? Or has that become a mind trap for you? So that was last week, and we looked at this guy named Joseph, and Joseph comes from the Old Testament, and Joseph had every single right to have a victim mind trap by what has happened to him, but he found a way to overcome that, to view his circumstances differently, and have a non-victim mind trap. He was set free of the victim mind trap. Next week, uh, in this series, Mind Trap, we're looking at the negativity mind trap. It's that mind trap where you only see the negative side of things and you don't see the... I know I fall into that mind trap often. Um, And we're going to look at how can we set free, and that's going to be from a letter from the Apostle Paul. But this week, we're looking at what we're going to call the all-or-nothing mind trap. The all-or-nothing mind trap. And, you know, you've heard that phrase, all-or-nothing, before. Um, Often we hear it in sports, don't we? Uh, Let's take the Olympics for an example. The, the trainers, the athletes, they train for four years to get into this all-or-nothing situation, right? They, it's either win or go home. All, it's all in, as they would say in poker. All the marbles are all on the table. I know in 2015, when the Cowboys played the Broncos in the grand final, when that flick passed to Michael Morgan and they scored the try to tie the game, that was an all-or-nothing situation. And for me, in those those situations when I'm watching sports, I stand up because it's so intense. I don't know if there's any other standers in here when you're watching sports, but I just can't sit down because the intensity is risen in the athletes' lives, but it's also risen in the spectators' lives. And all or nothing is great when it comes to sport, but sometimes we can take that same mentality in sport and apply it to our life. We think that this is an all or nothing decision. 
that this is an all or nothing day, that what I'm going to do right now, it's either all or nothing. There's nothing in between. And what happens is we separate ourselves into two categories. We're either successful or we're a failure. You either feel like a success or you feel like a failure. There's no margin for error. There's no margin in between. There's no journey. And if you don't feel like you fit in one category, well, you're going to put yourself in the other category. I'll give you a few examples from my own life. Um, I'm obviously a pastor, and what I, a lot of what I do is public speak. And I know after a sermon when I've bombed. I just, I know for a fact that that just wasn't good. Therefore, that wasn't good. I'm not good. Therefore, I'm a failure. That's the all or nothing mindset. Parenting. If you're a parent out there, you know that this happens in the, in the parent world. A few weeks ago, my son is five. His name's William. And he caught, he is a very persistent young man. He does not take no for an answer. That is, I think later on in life, that's going to be really, really nice. But right now, it's not the greatest. Um, but we were shopping at Kohl's, and uh, he always asked if he could stand in the trolley. Can I stand in the trolley, Dad? I'd say no, and I just became like Mr. No. I feel like a Mr. No. Any dads, moms, yeah, Mr. No. Um, and so I gave in, and I said, William, you can stand in the trolley. That's fine. One thing you need, I'm Canadian. We love following signs and rules and directions. And so I knew this sign on the seat was there that says, do not let your kid stand in the trolley, right? And so I knew it was there, and I was trying not to look at it. But when I looked at it, I felt so convicted that I was the worst parent in the world. I said, okay, well, that's enough. Sit down. I don't want you to fall out. I don't want you to hit your head on the ground. Sit down. And I just felt like the worst parent in the world. It's an all-or-nothing mindset. I'm either a really good parent or I'm a failure as a parent. And let me tell you, we tend to go into that failure side a lot more than we do into that successful side. All-or-nothing mind trap. Great in sport, but it's not the greatest thing to have in our life. So what is this all-or-nothing mind trap? Well, here it is. It's the tendency to think in terms of polar opposites, without accepting the possibility that lie between these two extremes. That's what it is. It's the tendency to think in just good or bad, awesome or awful, successful or failure. It's the tendency to think in the terms of polar opposites without accepting the possibilities that lie between these two extremes. If you're single and you go on a date and you get a text after the date that's a good text, you feel like you're successful. But if you've maybe recently broken up with a, a partner or you've gotten a divorce or, or maybe you just on your way to church were screaming at one another, you probably feel less successful. In fact, you probably feel worthless. Maybe you're in school and you just passed your driver's license test. You got your L's. I remember that moment so clearly. And you feel smart because you passed. Or maybe everyone else passed and you failed and you feel not so smart. It's two separate ends of the pendulum there. Maybe uh, you had a health kick. I'm sure this is relatable for 100% of us. You had a health kick for this year and you feel wonderful. <laughs> or maybe two weeks in, you started binge eating lollies and chocolate and ice cream and, and you feel terrible. It's one or the other. You're either feeling great 
or you're not. That's the all or nothing mind trap that we can all fall into at some point in our life. And just if you're not a church person, I'll let you in on a secret. This is a huge problem for religious people. This is a huge problem for religious people because we want to be so black and white. We want to be so, we know that we want to find an answer for everything, and we end up, over, we end up oversimplifying things that are actually extremely complicated. Because we want to say, we want just two answers, make it real simple, yes or no, good or bad. And we end up just oversimplifying things. Is that something, as Jesus followers, that we need to understand that it's not, life isn't black or white. Life isn't successful or failure. There is so much that lies between. And what we're going to call that lying between those two options is the journey. There's a journey that we all go on, right? We never really get to the destination of where we want to be. And if you think you are at the destination of of the end road in terms of this all or nothing mind trap, I would say that we probably aren't there. Some of us Lots of us, we fall into this all or nothing mind trap. And that can be dangerous because it makes us want to have perfection. We strive for perfection. And we have this thing called the fear of failure. I don't know if any of you have experienced the fear of failure. We want to get it right so badly. We want to make the right decision so badly that we don't make a decision at all. It's like watching Netflix. You just want to watch the perfect show, but because I can't find exactly what I want to watch, I'm going to spend two hours scrolling, and I'm not actually going to watch anything. That is my life to a T. We just, maybe it's more significant than that. It's like your actual direction in life or your calling. I don't know what God wants me to do. We throw that phrase out there. And so I just need to wait until I get a clear word, a clear direction, and then I'll take my step. And then we end up sitting on the couch and doing that, watching Netflix all day, right? We, we put ourselves into these all-or-nothing situations where we just are going for perfection, but what happens is we end up getting pushed to paralysis. We end up just being paralyzed. We end up not doing anything because if it's not going to be perfect, if it's not going to make me feel successful, then I'm just not going to do it because we're so fearful, There's a guy in the Bible named Simon Peter, and Peter was someone who was this all-or-nothing kind of guy to start with. He ended up writing uh, really a lot of his letters that contradicted that all-or-nothing because he learned on the journey. But who was Peter? Uh, He was an unlikely apostle, which means at high school, he would have been unlikely to get voted as someone that is going to follow a rabbi. Like that just wouldn't have been in his prediction for the future. And so he was an unlikely apostle and he was a fisherman. He was a fisherman and, and Peter was uh, fishing with his brother when Jesus came to him and he said, hey, follow me, follow me. And so what did they do? They dropped their nets and they went and followed Jesus. They, they, cha- they took a different direction in their life and they went and followed Jesus. He was an unlikely apostle. This is what it says. I'll read uh, the scripture. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw the two brothers, Simon called Peter. So Simon and sometimes in the Bible, people have two names. It's strange. And his brother, Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. I will do something significant in your, in your life. And so one day, 
a few months, years later, uh, Jesus and his disciples, so that's his inner circle, that's his inner crew, they were walking with Jesus, and Jesus was actually predicting some pretty crazy things, right? Jesus, it said in the Bible that he came to uh, give his life so that we could have life and life to the full. And Jesus is predicting what he had come to do, and these disciples are just talking about who's the goat, You've heard that in sport terms. Who's the greatest of all time, Jesus? Out of the 12 of us, who do you like the best? Who do you think is the best one of us? And, and Jesus is like, man, what are you guys talking about? Do you not know what I am here to do? And then Jesus goes into this conversation and he talks about, well, what do people say about me? What do people say about me? And who do they say I am? And some of them are saying, well, they're saying you're John the Baptist, or they're saying that you are uh, another prophet. And then Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says that I think that you are the son of the living God. So Peter, an unlikely apostle, what does he do? He declares Jesus as the Messiah. He declares Jesus as the Messiah. He is all in on this Jesus thing. Remember how I told you Peter's either all in or all out? You'll see when he becomes all out. So he is all in. He is following Jesus. And then when like rubber hits the road, we like to say we're one thing, but then when reality happens, we're often the opposite. Um, Jesus was arrested and these Romans, the guards, the police, they were trying to get everyone else who was with Jesus because they didn't like Jesus and they wanted to make sure that this Jesus movement was finished. And so they set out for Jesus's arrest. And when they were at the crucifixion, um, guards were like this guy, Peter. So a servant girl came to Peter, aren't you with Jesus? And he denies Jesus. I've never seen that man, never seen him before. And then another servant girl comes to Peter and says, no, I'm pretty sure that you're with that Jesus. I'm pretty sure I saw you come in with him. Uh, you're with Jesus of Nazareth. And then Peter, now he's all out all of a sudden. He says, no, never met this guy before. And then finally, another servant comes up and says, no, like your accent is giving you away. You're from where Jesus is from. You've been traveling with him. I'm sure of it. And again, Peter has an opportunity to claim and declare that Jesus is Christ, but he's all out by this time. He's all out from this Jesus thing. And he says, nope, never seen him before. And that in the moment of need, I mean, that just, it sounds cowardly, doesn't it? It sounds unforgivable. But the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross and three days later he rose again. And what did he do when he uh, came back to this earth? He reinstated Peter. He forgave Peter for denying him. He says, hey, you stuffed up. You messed up, but I'm going to reinstate you into this thing. I, hey, G Peter, Jesus asked, do you love me? And, and Peter says, so, so Peter denied Jesus three times, and Jesus asked three times, do you love me? He says, Lord, I love you. And Peter, Jesus asked Peter again, do you love me? And, and Peter replies, Lord. I love you. And then Jesus asked a third time, do you really love me, Peter? And, and, and Peter replies, Lord, you know all things. You know all things. You know that I love you. 
You know my failures. I'm trying my best here, Lord. I know that I was all or nothing before, but I recognize that we cannot just fit into those two categories. I love you. You know all of my failures. I, I'm an open book. You, you, you're Jesus. I mean, you know everything. And so you know my heart. And, and what Peter needs to do is he needs to get away from this all or nothing mind trap. And he needs to think, you know what? I am going to fail. I am going to screw up. But that doesn't mean that I am out of the game. That doesn't mean that I am an all or nothing kind of guy. Even with my failures, I'm still going to be all into this Jesus thing. And that's why, that's what happens is in this conversation between Peter and Jesus. Peter is needing to recognize and transition for this all or nothing mind trap. He started out all in as a follower of Jesus, and then when rubber hit the road, he was all out. Now he's recognizing that mistakes happen. That doesn't keep you from being a part of life. I mean, that's a prerequisite to being a human being, right? That's a prerequisite to following Jesus, because Jesus came to uh, reconcile a relationship with God. And if we pretend like we've got it all together and we don't need that rec reconciliation, then we're fooling ourselves. See, making mistakes, stuffing up is a prerequisite to following Jesus. And Peter had to learn that. Peter had to learn that. See, uh, Peter eventually, he teaches this in his letters. So Peter was like, Peter was known as the first pope. Peter was uh, uh, one of the first church leaders in scripture. And he ends up writing a lot of letters, which you can find in the New Testament of the Bible. But, but Peter is realizing that it's actually about the struggle. It's a bit like rock climbing. Any rock climbers in here? Nobody. So this is going to hit home with nobody. But you all know what rock climbing is like. Um, it's like rock climbing. There, there's an easier way to get to the top of the mountain, but that's not where the joy comes from. That's not where you grow. That's not where you get strength. It's from the journey to get to the top of the mountain. I'm going to quote my girl Miley Cyrus for a sec. This is what she says in the climb. The climb. She says this. Maybe she's right. I think she's onto something. She said, there's always going to be another mountain. I could sing this, but that's not going to be great. I'm always going to want to make it move. Always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Now you're all going to go home and listen to Miley Cyrus. Um, but maybe she's right. Maybe it's more about the climb and moving farther. Maybe it's about getting knocked down and then trying again. Sometimes I think we like black and white thinking because at least we know when it's black and white thinking, we know we are excess. But limiting yourself to a pass or fail perspective will limit how much God wants to grow you. Limiting yourself to a pass or fail perspective will limit how much God wants to grow you. If you get trapped, if you get locked into this all or nothing thinking, we miss out on growth from God that he wants for us. See, we need to free our mind from this trap. Thinking to, we need to start thinking to see life as a learning laboratory and not as a pass or fail exam. And then Peter, because he went through this, he seemed to really get it. And this is what he says in one of his letters. It's 1 Peter 1.13. He says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober... It all starts with the mind. What does it mean for you to be fully alert, to keep your mind alert 
and sober. What does that mean? How do we stay alert? You roll up your sleeves and you get your mind ready for action. We have to be sober-minded too. To be sober, I mean, literally means not drunk. Why sober-minded? Because too often, we like the intoxicating mentality of winning or losing. We like the intoxicating mentality of there are winners and there are losers. There are the good and there are the bad. We like that black and white thinking. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. See, Jesus' followers believe that he will return in the future to be the final judge. And in that moment, Peter is saying, I'm depending on grace. Set your hope on it too. Live your life as if you know that there is grace because there is. I mean, God says there is grace. Jesus says there is grace. Live your life knowing that there is grace. Jesus is the final judge. Why would we judge one another? Why would we judge ourselves? Don't, don't fall into that paralyzed mentality where you're afraid to do something. Recognize that there is grace. Live your life by, by, by grace-led, not fear-based-led. Because we can so often have a fearful way of living our life. We're afraid to do the wrong thing, so we do nothing at all. Jesus, but Peter's saying, hey, there is abundant grace. And what is grace? It's the un merited favor. It's getting what you don't deserve. We hope for it. We're not sure of it, but God told us that it's true, right? That Jesus is grace. He went to the cross to pay for our sins so that we can share in his resurrection. And then Peter has this really uh, challenging conversation. This is what he says. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. What do, what do we do with this? We, we, we need to see holiness as our mountain that we're climbing. And, and holiness isn't the destination at the top. Holiness is the guardrails that is around you as you climb the mountain. Holiness is that's going to keep you on the correct path. And another word for that could be integrity. Have integrity. Answer this question. What does love require of me? Because I, you, you know this. I know this. You all want to be the best version of yourself. You all want to have integrity. You don't want to be known as someone that has low integrity. You want to be known as someone that has high character and high integrity. And he's saying, that is not the destination. Those are the guardrails to guide you as you go up this mountain. It's about the climb, as Miley would say. It's about the climb. We need to focus on the growth, that, that God's way is better Let's, let's keep moving on this goal of holiness. You're not going to reach that destination because it's a journey. And my prayer is that God will allow our minds to change and give us different thoughts. His thoughts. Paul calls that putting on the mind of Christ. And that's the only hope of change. No change holds as much potential for life change as, the le as letting God give you a mind change. 
no change holds as much potential for life change as letting God give you a mind change. So the question I have for you, in your life, do you fall in that all or nothing mind trap? Do we need to start seeing life through a different lens? Realize that there's so much margin in between those two answers, that you're not either just a success or a failure, but you're on a journey. Maybe it's time for us to take on different lenses and accept failure because that's what's going to grow us to become who God created us to be. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you that you can free us from these mind traps. And God, the first thing we need to do is recognize that we're in them. So for whoever is struggling with this all or nothing mind trap, God, I pray that there would be a mind change that leads to life's change in their life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Townsville area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sunday mornings at 213 Will Street from 1030 to 1130 a.m. If you liked what you heard in this episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss out on weekly content. 